Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Informed Catholic. This is episode 106. We are in the first week of the octave of Easter. This is Monday. And so, um, episode 106, and I hope and pray that everyone is okay and that your Easter celebration was a happy and a blessed one. The Lord is risen, and he is risen indeed. So, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. The Lord has risen from the dead, as he said. Let us all exult and rejoice, for he reigns for all eternity. Alleluia, alleluia. Gloria in excelsis. Okay, so... Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed Easter to all you and your families. All right, so we, we're celebrating now the joy of the resurrection. Everything that has been promised from the very beginning that the Lord has promised our ancestors uh, from Adam and Eve down to all the prophets from Noah, uh, from all the great uh, monuments of the faith, Moses, uh, David, Daniel, all our great ancestors of faith. And now we are in the resurrection, but we are also in the, uh, in the reality of the battle of the faith. You know, the ancient Israel, it wasn't like it was it wasn't all roses for them you know the people of israel went through um trials moses himself and all the israelites went through a trial as well in the uh during the uh wandering in the desert many people wanted to break away and start their own faith they had to go through all that but right now um we're going to go through um, Monday's first reading here, and then we're going to go to an article uh, after the gospel um, by a Catholic registrar um, on an article on Fulton Sheen. And the reason why we're going to go through that is because there's still a lot we're going through, unfortunately. Uh, a lot happened during the Easter, um, the Lent during Lent, I'm sorry, during the Lent celebration. Um, we'll talk about it, but let's go first, uh, the reading here for the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 14, uh, 22, 23. God raised Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. A reading from the book of Acts, the apostles. On the day of Pentecost, after uh, Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and proclaimed, You who are Jews indeed, all of you, staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. You who are children of Israel, hear these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man commanded to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders and signs which God worked through him in your midst 
as you yourselves know, this man delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death because it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand I shall not be disturbed. Therefore my heart has been glad and my tongue has exalted. My flesh too will dwell in hope because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your, in your presence. My brothers, one can confidently say to you about the patriarch David that he died and was buried, and his tomb is in our midst to this day. But since he was a prophet and knew not that God and knew sorry and knew that God had sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of, of the Christ, that, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did he his flesh see corruption. God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses, exalted at the right hand of God, and he poured forth the promise of the Holy Spirit that he received from the Father, as you both see and hear. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Keep me safe, O God. You are my hope. Alleluia. Keep me O God, for you, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, My Lord are you, O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup. You it is who hold fast my lot. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Alleluia. O bless the Lord who counseled me. Even in the night my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Keep me safe, O God, for you are my hope. Alleluia. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body too abides in confidence. Because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful ones to undergo corruption. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Alleluia. You will, you will show me the paths to life, fullness of joy in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. Keep me safe, O God. You are my hope. Alleluia. Okay, now we go into the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, alleluia. Matthew chapter 28, verse 8 to 15. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce the news to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached and embraced his feet and did him, did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers, to go to, to Galilee, and there, and there they will see me. While they, were, while they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests that all that had happened. The chief priests assembled with the elders and took counsel. Then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came by night, stole him while we were asleep, and if this gets to the ears of the governor, we will satisfy him and give him, uh, and, and keep you out of the trouble. Out of out of trouble, the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and 
And this story has circulated among the Jews to the present day. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so um, I'm going to begin this article here. Prophecy of Venerable Fulton Sheen offers to a troubled America. This is from National Catholic Registrar. It's by Joseph Pron. Pronchin um, is Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, and his last name, P-R-O-N-E-C-H-E-N. It's uh, a blog from March 29th, March 29th, 2021. Okay. During one of his radio talks in 1943 on his series, Crisis in Christendom, Archbishop Fulton Sheen saw not only what was happening in his times, but what but was prophetic about our times. He warned that the beginning of a new era are often marked by a general barbarization. When the whole historic order is dissolved, when truth in some nations is nailed to a cross and in others rejected in a stroke of a false broad-mindedness, okay? When truth in some nations is nailed to a cross and in others rejected in a stroke of false broad-mindedness, okay? So I think this is what we're going through. We're going to the part where it's, false broad-mindedness because everybody thinks now that they're woke that they're politically correct that they're more progressive this is what we're going through here in, in america right now the same year in philosophies at war he referred to the rome to the rome's decline the difference between that crisis and ours is that in the case of rome a material civilization was collapsing and a spiritual a spiritual about to emerge sheen explained in the present in instance it is the spiritual which is being submerged and the material which is in the ascendancy that's what's happening now it's happening pretty much all over we we're more materialistic than ever before we uh the access to computers um we have great corporations uh amazon google uh <clears throat> you know even i mean my goodness even poor people have have cell phones smartphones right all right what's more sheen added our so-called liberal civilization okay like i said this was happening now which is dying is only a transitional phase between a civilization that once was Christian and one that is anti-Christian. It has no stability of its own, being based for the most part in successive negations of the Christian philosophy of life. This alone constitutes the crisis of democracy. It will either return to its roots or die. Okay. I'm going to read this paragraph one more time. What's more, Sheen added, our so-called liberal civilization, which is dying, is only a transitional phase between a civilization that once was Christian and one that is anti-Christian. It has no stability of its own, being based, for the most part, in successive negations of the Christian philosophy of life. This alone constitutes the crisis of democracy. It will either return to its roots or die. The picture he painted hark back to the major Old Testament prophets, admonishing Israel when it was galloping into various idolatries towards imminent ruin. That's true. If you read, um, as I pointed out, it okay, when they came 
under Joshua, after Joshua, they to the book of Judges. They, for some reason, completely just went their separate way and they fell into idolatry they fell into paganism and 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 in many cases it was it was depravity there was one one near the end of the book of judges which is really horrible about a man and his concubine and again the benjamites the the sons of israel these benjamites are sons of israel were acting just like the the incident was almost exactly like that of the sodom and gomorrah uh when when the um the the angelic beings who went into Lot's house, uh, the men of Sodom wanted to rape the men, wanted to uh, violate the, men, uh, the, the angels. They thought they were men, but they were angelic beings. Well, this man, a stranger, goes into a town with his concubine and he stays at someone's house and the men of Benjamin wanted, wanted to sexually attack the man. Of course, I won't go into detail right now because it's too much detail. But the point is, look what's happening to our culture. The more materialistically we became, the more sexually immoral we became. And even our bishops, our clergy have fallen into that. They themselves have become very materialistic. Um, <laughs> sexual immorality leads to excess. Excess leads to more immorality. It's just, it's just obvious what's happening in the church. Sheen didn't leave out a critical component when he also firmly said that we are not without hope in this hour of calamity. For only those who walk in darkness ever see the stars. Warning again in 1947 in Way to Happiness that our exterior world today is in desperate straits, Sheen continued. But the inner world of man is far from hopeless. The world is far from God, but human hearts are not. That is why peace will come less from political changes than from man himself, who is driven to take refuge within his own soul from the turmoil without. He's right. The more, um, the more the clergy of our church fail to preach the gospel, they really are. I'm going to say this right now. Fulton Sheen said it will be the lay people who will save the church. And he's right. The same thing would happen during the time of the Arian revolt. When Arius, his, his uh, heresy started to spread, it was the lay people who, who fought to save uh, the faith. And um, this time, I think what it is, is that there is sort of like a neo- a neo-Gnosticism, a neo-Arianism, a neo-Lutheranism that's rising up within the church uh, that's also deep in, in sexual immorality. And the culture is more and more materialistic. I mean, for crying out loud, just a couple of weeks ago, there was this thing going on, on all over the internet over this, I don't know, this, celeb this young African-American man who is a singer. He's promoting a sneakers from Nike that is with satanic symbolism and it's made with, with human blood. And as a commercial, a, a, a debaucherous commercial ad he showed, I mean, he's a limited edition and he's selling it for thousands of dollars. And this is, this is, this is what they're, this is what they're promoting. And, we have now a lot of our clergy are rebelling against the Vatican's decision on gay marriage that they will not promote or bless gay marriage. And and they want to rebel because they think they're more enlightened than, than Christ himself. We'll get into that later. But this is the problem going on within the church. It is a crisis of faith. I think many of these men, is, and I hate to say this, including our present pontiff, Pope Francis, is a result of bad formation. I know, I'm judging the Pope. But you've got to listen to his words. Listen to how he, he contradicts himself. Okay? I myself have to... I can't avoid the fact that he, he contradicts himself. And he says things that are, that are troublesome. 
there is a crisis of faith among the clergy. There is a serious crisis going on. And if we don't admit it, we don't stand up and admit it. We can't stick our heads in the ground like ostriches. We have to admit that there's a crisis of faith. All right. Warning in again in 1947. I'm going to read this again. In Ways to Happiness, that our exterior world today is in desperate straits. Sheen continued, but the inner world of man is far from hopeless. The world is far from God, but human hearts are not. That is why peace will come less from political changes than from man himself who's driven to take refuge within his own soul from the turmoil without. And once more, I will say again, there the gospel is being preached even among Israelis, the gospel is growing. Where the clergy fail to step up, the clergy in the Catholic Church fail to step up to do their work. Okay, there are good clergy, there's still good clergy going around in the Catholic Church, but not as much. The gospel is being preached. All right, it's spreading. Jews are coming to the faith. Our Catholic clergy, for crying, we got Mother Miriam, who is Jewish, coming into the faith. There are Jews coming into the faith. Yes, there are those who may not become Catholic, but they're coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Yeshua, as, as, as they said in Hebrew, they're coming to faith in him. And it's being fulfilled. The Holy Spirit is doing its work. The Holy Spirit is not restrained, um, um, limited within the Catholic faith. The Catholic faith is the one true faith. That's true. It's the church that Christ established. There has to be one church. But the Holy Spirit is doing its work. And I believe one day all the people will come back, will come into the faith. Okay. All right, so uh, he saw that he saw the time not far off when modern men will utter a frantic appeal to God to lift them from the empty uh, cistern, the empty well of their own egos. If they stay in the cistern, nothing but gloom surrounds them. The world is full of prophets of gloom, and I would. And I would be one of them if I did not practically believe in God, he said. This attitude of pessimism varies in direct ratio and proportion to the frequency with which one follows the world news. As a result, people lead political lives, not in spiritual lives. That's right. He's he's absolutely right. He's a, he's a, that's, that's an interesting point. Let me just read this one more time. The attitude of this attitude of pessimism varies in direct ratio and proportion to the frequency with which one follows world news. As a, re as a result, people lead political lives, not spiritual lives. How right he was in today, uh, today in this regard. He said, tremendous dis disproportions are created by headlines and news reports. As too often in the startling, uh, often the startling is identified with the true parents who live in love and affection for one another and rear their children for the triple piety of God, neighbor and country make no headlines. That's, he's right about that. During his early 1940s radio talk shows, Sheen also foresaw that day we adopt in our democracy the already widespread ideas of some Americans, jurists, that right and justice depend on convention and the spirit of the times. We shall write the death warrant of our independence, and when we deny God as the foundation of our rights, we shall no longer have rights. Looking ahead at our age, why are all these social experiments failing? And why is America at the threshold of its own implosion? I believe the American prophet for our times, Fulton Sheen, provides answers back 
in the early 1940s, says Sheen. Expert Peter Howard, founder and president of the Fulton Sheen Institute, we ignored the prophetic voice of Sheen at our peril. Back in the 20th century, now we are... Now we are face to face with all that he warned us about. He quotes, um, he quotes Sheen from the bishop's philosophy at war. The means of life no longer minister to peace and order because we have perverted and forgotten the true ends of life. Now the basic reason why our economic and and politics, economics and politics have failed as means to peace is that both have forgotten the end and purpose of life. We have been living as if civilization, culture, and peace were, by, were byproducts of economic activity instead of other way around so that economics and politics are subordinate to the moral and spiritual. We, we live and act as if God had never made us. I totally agree about this one. I totally agree. He's he's right about that. There is a serious, serious <clears throat> um, attitude. We we think economics is completely the answer, and we think that economics the more the more capitalism. Capitalism is good, but it ha it also you got to be careful. The more people become materialistic, the more people don't want restraints, even spiritual and moral restraints. I mean, seriously, <laughs> look at the fact that we we ignore the fact that how um, the porn industry, the porn industry is driven by money. All right. The porn industry is driven by money. The movie industry is driven by money. We've invented our new gods. I mean, my goodness, I'm guilty of it. I mean, I love comics. But look how look how all the superheroes and and mythology. I mean, every culture develops mythologies, and it's natural for America to develop its own mythology. But we wound up, we go into excess. Now we are all obsessed with technology. I mean, my goodness, you look at some of these kids. They're walking down the street. They don't. They're navigating and looking at their phone, and um, they're not even lifting their heads up. And people are looking for some kind of entertainment, either it's reality TV. Uh, now it's <clears throat> Facebook, how many likes, how many friends do I have? How many, uh, how many people like what I posted? It's everything goes into excess because we are spiritually empty. And now we, you know, we, we go, we constantly go into excess and now we're obsessed with politics. That's the golden cow of America. He quotes from Sheen's philosophy of war. I'm going to read it one more time. The means of life no longer minister to peace and order because we have perverted and forgotten the true ends of life. Now, the basic reasons why our economic, economics and politics have failed as a means to peace is that both have forgotten the end and purpose of life. We have been living as if civilization, culture, and peace Whereby were byproducts of economics activity instead of other way the other way around, so that economics and politics are subordinate to the moral and spiritual. We live and act as if God had never made us. Okay, like I said, over excess. Um, we because we've. I mean, now that there just talks about them, there's talks about them canceling the Bible of actually getting the Bible. I mean, you've heard about uh, Dr. Seuss being canceled. Um, you've heard about, um, oh my goodness, is this actress, uh, uh, martial artist uh, Gina Carano got canceled. Uh, there's, um, uh, I mean, they're talking about canceling a lot of uh, authors, uh, uh, Pepe Le Pew from the Looney Tunes, the French skunk got canceled, um, and then there's like, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna probably cancel several other things. My goodness, but the problem is, is because it's, I mean, I think 1984 might be canceled. I think Mark Twain 
uh, Huckleberry Finn, Thomas, Tom Sawyer, all these books because they don't like them. They don't like what they, uh, uh, because the culture wants to control things. There's a, there's a, there's a superiority culture, uh, a, a very deceptive superiority culture. I think I call it. That's, that's my view because it's really, it's really racism inverted. Uh, the people who claim that they're fighting racism are actually the people who are racist. Uh, that's that's my conclusion anyway. But the point is, we, we're so empty. We are so empty. I mean, I know people talk about income diversity. But let's face it, even the, the most poorest person, I've seen home, I've seen people on welfare with smartphones. How do you pay for a smartphone? A smartphone and be on welfare, right? There's a hypocrisy going on here, and 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 I'm not saying that. Let's face it. I mean, most people who are in who are who are who are trying to survive, especially if they're undisciplined, they're going to spend their money on what they what they can't have, what's denied to them, because they're morally, they're not they're not they're not morally. They're not morally um, disciplined. You know, I mean, we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. If we're denied something, we're going to go, we're going to go after it. The minute cash is in your hands, the minute that stimulus money came in their hands, they said a lot of people went out and bought smart TVs. A lot of people went out and bought themselves new sneakers. And then what happens within a month or two, you're back to square one where you were before. You're back to square one, complaining about that you don't have any money. Some people do not, can't control themselves. They can't help themselves. They're in denial. They want what they're in, what they're denied. And that's the way they are. They're going to get that kick for a short while. They're going to be playing that video game, the, that, that new, that new uh, video game system. They're going to be playing that new TV. They're going to wear, they're going to go off and show off their new sneakers. They're going to show off whatever they're, 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 what, what they've denied themselves because, and they're going to get that kick for about maybe two weeks or three weeks. And then they're going to be go back again. I have no more money. They didn't, they didn't use that money to pay the rent. They didn't use that money to pay the bills. As a matter of fact, they used it to get what they wanted, to get what was denied to them, and that's that's true because it's it's the it's the excesses of of, of capitalism. Uh, all right, let's go. The the topsy turvy daily news and headlines and philosophies become road maps, taking us away from that one narrow road that Christ pointed out. A road that Sheen, like the prophets of old, tried to steer us toward again. Instead of this being time of disaster, it is rather a period of humiliation, Sheen said. We are being left to ourselves, to our own devices, to our own conceits. He's right. Because we turn away from God, God sometimes pulls his hand away so that hopefully, well, he knows where our hearts will lead us. He knows where eventually we're going to come to the conclusion. But what happens is we, we have to come, mean, we have to realize we need God and we're seriously in trouble. But some, some people maybe are just are in denial of that. Um, instead of this being a time of disaster, it is rather a period of humiliation, Sheen said. We are being left to ourselves, to our own devices, to our own conceits. Reflecting on the prophetic, uh, on the prophetic sheen, Howard points out the rapid scientific advances made since the world, since the world, uh, the world make a conscious decision to reject God and absolute, uh, absolute, absolute the human intellect as the source of enlightenment. Where has that path taken us? Not to love, not to life, not to peace, not to freedom, 
It has taken us to the complete opposite, and the world is now just beginning to wake up to this frightening reality. No one is immune, Sheen said. It makes no difference how wicked a soul may be. There is no one subjugating himself to um, illicit pleasures who does not have a conscience of his subjugation and, and his slavery. No one is immune, Sheen said. It makes no difference how wicked a soul may be. There is no one subjugating himself to illicit pleasures who does not have a conscience of his subjugation and his slavery. Interesting. That's true. That is true. I think there's a lot of people that realize, that realize maybe in some, I mean, everyone has to realize it when they're deep in their sin, that you're a slavery to this. I mean, seriously, if you go to your computer, you look at porn, you realize how, how determined you are to finally get there, to look at that, to have that pleasure. And you're sitting there and you're in a sense of, like worshiping it. I've seen, I've seen that a friend of mine many, many years ago, back in college, he was an Israeli friend. Um, we stayed late, late in the city. We walked around and we went, he took me, he took me to a strip club. <laughs> okay. It was a strip club. I it was the first time I ever been to one. And I remember the guys staring at these naked clad girls on the stage in a hypnotic way. I, I mean, I, this was before I became Catholic. So yeah, you know, and it, you see that, you see that about them. You see that, that look, um, at a job. I mean, you know, Guys I know uh, who tape pornographic images inside their locker. Some guys actually on the line, you know, in, in the locker room would sit there and stare at uh, looking at a pornography. Yeah. They're looking at porn magazines. And you see the way they're looking at it. They're staring at the images in awe. You know, like in a state of like almost meditation, it becomes your religion. But you, the question is, do they realize it about themselves? In some subconscious way, they do realize this about themselves. Maybe they don't care anymore. That's, I've noticed this about those guys. I noticed this the way, you know, but, you know, basically it becomes like your religious symbolism you all that energy that you should take and put into worshiping god all right and it leads you to to grow more in your faith but what happens is is that when you abandon god and you take that energy into perversity and debauchery such as into pornography it also will lead to your behavior and actions are different your behavior and actions and your language you see what I'm saying your language and your behavior and actions become how you worship what you worship you know this is this is my conclusion this is this is how I understand it uh, and, and I've noticed this about people's behavior you know they become more perverse you know, they, you know, especially when you look at a woman, attractive girl who walks by you, you know, maybe she's dressed very attractively. Maybe she's showing off a little too much and you're going to say things, you're going to say things which are going to reflect on what you spend your time in. You know, they, they say the way you think, the way you worship reflects in how you way you live your life. And how you live your life daily and how you interact with people and how you treat people, your language and how you behave. You're going to behave in a perverse manner. Um, all right, hold on. 
Okay, lost my place here a little bit, sorry. All right, uh, the topsy-turvy daily news and headlines and philosophies become roadmaps taking us away from that one narrow road that Christ pointed out, a road that Sheen, like the prophets of old, tried to steer us towards, toward again. Instead of this being the time of disaster, it's rather a period of humiliation, Sheen said. We are being left to ourselves, to our own devices, to our own conceits. Reflecting on the prophetic, uh, on the prophetic, uh, Sheen, Howard points out that rapid scientific advancements, I know I read this already, since the world makes a conscious decision to reject God and absolute the human uh, absolute the human intellect as in a source of enlightenment, where has that path taken us? Not to love, not to life, not to peace, not to freedom. It has taken us to the complete opposite and the world is now just beginning to wake up to this frightening reality. No one is immune, Sheen said. It makes no difference how wicked a soul may be. There is no one subjugating himself to illicit pleasures who does not have a conscious uh, a consciousness of his subjugation and his slavery. He's right. Yet in in way in, in way to happiness, this is one of Sheen's talk, he saw that this is not the end of civilization, nor are we to be without hope. We have simply reached a moment in history where God is permitting us to feel our inadequacy so long as we trust our only in ourselves. Okay, all right. Bishop Sheen believed we are living on the eve of one of the great spiritual revivals of human history. Souls are sometimes closest to God when they feel themselves furthest away from him. At the despair, uh, at the despair, for an empty soul, the divine can fill a worried soul. The infinite can pacify a self-concerned, proud soul. However, is in uh, inaccessible to grace. Proud soul, however, is inaccessible to grace. But as best wheat bows its uh, grain-filled head. So in a national life, as in nature, humility with a head bowed before God is the beginning of greatness. Okay, this is an interesting part here. Let's look at it again. Bishop Sheen believed we are living on the eve of one of the great spiritual revivals of human history. We are living on the eve of the great spiritual revivals of human history. Souls are sometimes closest to God when they feel themselves furthest away from him. At the despair, at the despair for an empty soul, the divine can fill a worried soul. The infinite can pacify a self-concerned, a self, I'm sorry, self-concerned, proud soul, however, is inaccessible to grace. A self-concerned, proud soul, however, is inaccessible to grace. But as best wheat bows its grain-filled head, so in the national life, as in nature, humility with a head bowed before God is the beginning of greatness. All right. That's, you know, that's, that's true. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are, maybe that's just beyond it. Maybe because they're so mired in it. Maybe that it could be satanic that they just will not, they won't change. And there's a lot of people who are very deep into it. Like you hear now about this genderism, this changing of sexes, that there's some people that just refuse to, to, to admit how wrong they are. They, I don't know. It's they're in God's hands. God will decide what was going to happen to them. But our job is to speak out, to cry and shout, and to make people wake up. I don't know if you heard Milo Yiannopoulos um, came out. Uh, <laughs> forgive the pun, but came out saying that he wants to abandon his his homosexual lifestyle. We got to pray for him. Pray that. He he sticks to his guns that he that you no know, that grace grace has filled his life. He consecrated himself to Saint Joseph. A beautiful thing. You know it's it's really beautiful. 
Okay, in the late 1940s, Sheen spoke as if foreseeing today when he said modern man has been humiliated. Neither his proud expectations of progress nor of science have turned out as he hoped. Yet he has not quite reached the point of humbling himself. He is still imprisoned in the self and able to see nothing else beyond. Yet he added, But the time is not far off when modern man will utter a frantic appeal to God to lift them from the empty cestron, cestron of their own egos. Uh, Sestron, there's a, in the book of Jeremiah, and even I think when you go back to the book of uh, Genesis, going back to the first of the book of Genesis, when uh, Joseph and his brothers, his brothers turned on him, uh, ripped his beautiful coat off that his father Jacob gave him because of jealousy of him. And they threw him into an empty cistern, which is an empty well. That's what a cistern is, an empty well. Uh, Jeremiah, later on, uh, when he was, um, uh, what do you call it, preaching in, in Jerusalem, uh, warning Israel about the coming doom of, the ba of Babylon, they took him and they threw him uh, in, in a cistern. Basically, it, it looked like more like it was a, the sewer, a filthy sewer that he was in, like the mire. Uh, and anyway, it's similar. It's, a, it's, it's basically the situation where he's saying modern man has found himself in human, you know, human beings because of our own ego. Howard says we must wake up and turn to God as the first great commandment tells us to. With all our hearts and minds and strength, Sheen stressed the war we are in is not be not between political parties, excuse me, or economic philosophies. Our problems are theological. It is a war between good and evil, and that war has entered its final hour. He's right. Sheen was right. Sheen foresaw our times and, pres uh, and presaged and presaged unless there is a moral revival in our Western world, especially and a rebirth of family life. Communism may be the instrument for the liquidation of our Borgia's civilization that has forgotten God. In Communism and in Conscience of the West, 1948, Venerable Sheen made it clear that communism is both an effect and a judgment on our Western world and an effect because it was born of our unfulfilled Christian duties, our abandonment of the Father's house in favor of materialism, a judgment because it rev reveals how wrong has been our thinking, how evil have been our deeds. Taking this, the very words of Sheen's servant of God, John Hardin said, we must humbly acknowledge our guilt before God and sincerely repent and do penance for the errors of the past. But even this is not enough because as Sheen said, unless there is a moral revival in our Western world, a rebirth of family life, communism may be the instrument for the liquidation of of, our, of a Borgia civilization that has forgotten God. Nothing what Sheen prophesied, Howard, uh, Howard, whose online the final hour is about is about Sheen's foresight and plan to save America. Comments that we have to begin to rebuild this collapse, collapsing world order with the foundations of humility and and do so one family at a time it all starts with the family it has it has to the edu the educated know how to rationalize evil sheen said in his early 1940s radio talks and in saying this i am only repeating in poor language the eternally beautiful thought of the savior i confess thee o father Lord of heaven and earth, because thou has hidden these hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and has revealed them to the little ones. Luke chapter ten verse twenty one. 
Hope is the anchor Sheen foresaw. Our, our greatest days are ahead, though in, though in between inter, intervenes the purging, where we will learn that as the rays cannot su or survive without the sun, so neither can we prosper without God. This hope can be translated into victory in either of two ways, by prayerful remaking our hearts or by being brought uh, brought within an inch of disaster until from the depths of our insufficiency we cry out to the goodness of God. Which will it be? One way or the, or the other way, purification from the culture of death will be necessary. As he observed, the educated know how to rationalize evil. I can see no hope, Sheen told his radio listeners, unless we reverse the present order and admit that instead of pol pol politics setting limits to religion and the morality of Jesus Christ, religion and, and the morality of Jesus Christ must, be, must begin to set its limits to politics. And again, that unless America restores religion and morality and the discipline under God, it will avail us not to arm ourselves again against the enemy from without. It's a nice long article, I have to admit. But of course, Sheen was not one to lose hope. And he prompted us to hold fast to it in the most um, calamitous of times. Talking on Easter Sunday, April 13, 1941, in the face of the dire world situation with Pearl Harbor, only months away, Sheen spoke about hope. Hope that we may not share in the defeatism of those who, who because they have forgotten their God, have lost the hope of, of the resurrection. The first reason, the first lesson is this. Moments of great catastrophe are often the eaves of great spiritual renaissance, he said. Our divine Lord himself, speaking of wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and disastrous, disastrous uh, distress of nations, made the forecast of these calamities the very motive of hope. But when, when, thing, when these things began to come to pass, looking up uh, and lifting up your hearts because of your redemption is at hand, Luke 21 verse 28. The reason moments of catastrophe may be the eve of spiritual victory is because it is in these moments of defeat that man's pride is the most humbled and his soul thus prepared for the help of God. Prophet's, Prophet Sheen pointed to the po uh, prodigal son. Sheen showed the hope he uh, accentuated was not that wishful thinking uh, variety, of, but the genuine and necessary virtue. We are hopeful, not because this is a good, wor good world, for presently it is not, he said. Our trust is not in the inherent natural goodness of man, but in the powers of God who can raise him from the dead. Our optimism is based not on progress, but on the, upon its breakdown. Our modern pagan despair when they become delusioned about the world, we hope. And when we begin to be delusioned about ourselves, and therein is the pathway to repentance and to God. But suffering and war and evil can be faced without losing hope, either in humanity or in God. If we look to the vision of Calvary and what happens there, while those living only on the husks of materialism voice despair thanks to the Christ in his vicar, we live in the hope of a better day, even in an hour that is dark and black. For Easter Sunday was not within three days of the transferring, it was within the three days of Good Friday. That is why we have, we, we who believe in Easter and the victory of, of the spirit over matter will, will not be without hope for America. He concludes, so long as it trusts in God. All right. This was a long article. I'm going to read this again 
we're going to look at this again more carefully because I think it's wonderful. Joseph Pronchin, Joseph Pronchin is staff writer of the National Catholic Registrar since 2005 and before that a regular correspondent for the paper. His articles have appeared in a number of national publications, including Columbia Magazine, Soul, Faith, and Family, Catholic Digest, Catholic Exchange, and Marian Helper. His religion features have also appeared in uh, Farfield County Catholic and in major newspapers. He is the author of Fruits of Fatima, Century of Signs and Wonders. He holds a graduate degree in formally taught English and courses in film study that he developed at a Catholic high school in Connecticut. Joseph and his wife, Mary, resides on the East Coast. All right, well, I have to say, I mean, there's a lot here, a lot of unbelievable good stuff here. Um, let me check something here. Okay, I think I might have read this article. This is the, I'm going to save this article. We're going to do this again because there's a lot here uh, on Fulton Sheen we need to look into. I mean, he's right. I think uh, obviously God, like I said, God is in control. He's in control of everything. And he knows, he knows the, the crisis we're going through. And he knows, he obviously, God foresees everything. And maybe, hopefully, the church will experience a resurrection. Maybe we're experiencing one of her many deaths. The church has experienced many crises and many times and came back. And right now, the clergy, sadly, because... I hate to say this, but I've always I've always said this about the Western the the Latin Church. It has a tendency for materialism, too much. There's a tendency for the church. The church has always had this problem, and I think it had this problem when it became when it developed a relationship with the imperial with Constantine. That's when the church, unfortunately, began to face a lot of problems because there are many people within the church who try to control it. Material people don't like to be told that the materialism is leading them in the wrong path. They don't like that. Rich, powerful people who love excess don't like it. The Borgias didn't like it. Henry VIII didn't like it. Many of the princes of Europe didn't like it. People who are very materialistic, who are very earthly, do not like limits to to what they can and cannot have. It's It's the whole rich young man. Remember when he wanted to know how he could achieve eternal life. And Jesus told him the commandments. And when he said, I've kept these things since I was a child. And, he, and Jesus looked at him and loved him and he said, well, you have more you have to do. Go, sell all you have and come and follow me. He couldn't because his father left him with a lot of, a lot of wealth. And that's the problem. What did our Lord say? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But, it's not impossible because we know being, you know, you don't let your wealth control you. People don't like, don't like limits. I mean, I'm one of them. No one likes limits. You know, I like certain foods and I like a lot of good foods. I enjoy a lot of things. And unfortunately, I pay the price with that in my weight. <laughs> and I'm, I'm willing to admit that. And some people are into sensual things and pornography and they pay the price for that too in their vanity or in their section in, in 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 their moral life a lot of people don't like that a lot of people just don't want limits nobody wants limits in their in their in their joy to things anyway i'm going to end it here we're going to come back again i'm going to save this article i have to save it because there's a lot here we're going to go to research i think i'm going to read it again and I'm going to make several chapters. I'm going to try to incorporate it with some scripture. Maybe I'll just stick with the gospel so it won't be so long. Um, but I'll I'll continue uh, studying the scriptures with you guys. And we're going to continue. We're going to go, we're going to go look into other articles as well. I'm going to do a little bit of research on the woman who got thrown out of her church by the priest. 
and I'm going to look into others just to, to see all these things, how unfortunately what's going on within our church. All right. So um, let's end it with an Our Father in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.